0: what the health Net listeners i'm your host this week hayley levine this is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics ideas and best practice in health and social care this week we're speaking to craig rainford craig recently joined radar healthcare as our new project manager has worked for four seasons healthcare for 20 years was it a yeah. long time um outside of work craig loves sports and alongside his daily, daily visit to the gym, even on a Sunday.
1: Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, not Elias in his, his intro. Um, you can often be found at the Etihad Stadium supporting Manchester City. I mean, this intro is just not going down well. I'm, <laughs> I'm already, I don't like City. <laughs> so, welcome to What the Hell Tech. How, how are you happy to be here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. A new experience for me, but definitely looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's good to have you here. So I just want to chat to you about the making the move from Four Seasons to Radar Healthcare. What, Why you decided to make the move after 20 years um, and kind of the differences between working from a partner to a supplier. So let's get started. So the question on all of our lips. Why? <laughs> why did you make the move after 20 years to Radar Healthcare?
2: Yeah, so... I'd say this has got to be probably the most asked question that I've had in yeah the last sort of like six or seven weeks that I've been at Radar. I mean, rightly so, yeah. Having worked for a company for 20 years, it's always going to be uh, the number one question. Um, and I think for me, yeah, the the reason for the move was because it, it was just kind of like the right time. Um, I, I'd worked obviously for four seasons for 20 years um, and working in the health and social care sector... I'd kind of become very passionate and proud uh, to kind of like work in that sector because it's, it's a rewarding sector, it's challenging, but it's ever so rewarding, especially when you can see the impact that it has on the people that are kind of like the end of that service that you're delivering. So yeah, it just kind of like felt like it was the right time. Um, and it's one of those things that I kind of like look back, well, look back at my time with Four Seasons and think it was kind of a privilege Mm-hmm. Um, like getting into the industry, obviously my background kind of like being IT and all the time that I've sort of like spent sort of like progressing through various different roles. Yeah, I've, I've learned like sort of like so much there and, you know, I'm very thankful to Four Seasons for, you know, the knowledge and the experience that I've gained through working with them uh, in all of that time because had I not have sort of like been there and maybe would never have ended up at Radar after all. So again, maybe perhaps the reason that I'm here is because of that, uh, given the fact that they're also a customer of Radar as well. So yeah, so in terms of the move, it it was just kind of like the right time after having spent 20 years. It kind of felt like I needed a new challenge, something more to sink my teeth into. Um, And I guess this has always been kind of like an area that I've been interested in, in a subtle sort of way.
0: Yeah, so like you say, Four Seasons are a partner of Radar, and I think you've worked with us for the past, is it, two years? Or That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and you've been working with one of our project managers the most of the time, who called Sarah. Um, so obviously making the move here, how, how do you think you can help other organisations? Obviously switching from partner to, to supplier, what what's your experience and how can you help?
2: Yeah, so quite right. Obviously we've been uh, working, well... When I was working for Four Seasons, we'd been a partner with Radar for for two years. Um, And I think, yeah, that can, hopefully it's gonna benefit me, but hopefully it's gonna benefit our customers. Um, You know, I kind of have the the knowledge and experience that I've gained there of essentially going on the same journey as what any customer that I'll be onboarding onto the product has gone through, albeit it's always gonna be different. Uh, Obviously the beauty of Radar is that it's so customizable, so configurable. And I think that's really important, and it's one of the main reasons why Four Seasons bought it in the first place. So, having been like the project lead on the customer side, I've gone through like you know Mm -hmm. know, I've got first-hand experience of you know what those challenges may be, uh, especially working for an organisation that you know Four Seasons is is huge and still is huge. I think at the time it was probably get the numbers wrong here, but it was in excess of 150 services across Mm -hmm. England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Jersey. Um, and that comes with its challenges, lots of different regulators, whether it's CQC, whether it's care inspector, Jersey and Nor- Northern Ireland obviously have their own regulatory bodies as well. Um, so yeah, um, and at the time, Four Seasons were also going through um, a period a period of change, um, like structurally, mm-hmm. in terms of the way the organisation was being run. Um, so yeah, our journey was quite complex. Um not every journey will be as complex there'll be more that there'll be some that are more complex than ours um, but yeah I I think from my perspective it's just having that appreciation I think of what the customer going to go through and hopefully I can bring something to the table when customers are going through that journey in terms of Number one, delivering a project, but also having appreciation of it's not always going to go according to plan on their side, Mm. uh, and maybe being able to sort of like help with the experience and knowledge that I've sort of like gained over the way.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about that challenge moving from, because obviously you've seen one version of a project, albeit very complicated project, lots of different services. How do you feel about kind of taking new approaches and meeting different customers that want different things?
2: It's kind of the reason why I'm here. because that excites me. After being at a company for 20 years and obviously working in the way that I've been working for for that time, albeit not doing the same role for the whole period of time, but you work with specific people um, and there's processes that are kind of like embedded into organizations. So Mm -hmm. I suppose it will be a little bit difficult to me to sort of like break away out of that thinking in terms Mm of I very much knew what Four Seasons wanted before they even asked and how they wanted something to be delivered. But at the same time, you know, that won't be right for every single company. Um, and even now, like six or seven weeks in, you know, I've been shadowing like, other project manager calls with other customers that are not necessarily care home businesses, but, you know, they might be dentistry's, they might be ambulance services. And it's actually really interesting. And I'm enjoying it just listening to sort of like what it is that they want to do with the product. And it's obviously encouraging the fact that the product is able to sort of like be customized to that level that they want. Um, And, you know, I'm starting to feed into those conversations a little bit like, oh, have you thought about doing it this way or have you thought about doing it that way? And it becomes just kind of like a natural conversation and partnership working really to sort of like both meet, you know, what the customer wants and obviously radar, making sure that the customer maximizes the potential. Mm -hmm
0: yeah partnership working is what we're all about and having someone like you who can actually give advice from the experience of an actual organization in social care is going to be really key for our customers so quite excited to see what you do no pressure Craig
2: (laughs) maybe setting myself up here
0: (laughs) so how's it been first couple of months how are you getting on with the team how you don't you don't have to lie if you're not liking it you know (laughs) no one's listening really (laughs) how's it going
2: no really good um I have to say, you know, first day was nerve wracking. Um, Not necessarily because, you know, working for Radar, more just those natural sort of like first day nerves that you're always gonna get when you join a new company, Mm. or at least I suspect most people sort of like go through those feelings. Um, And I think that was only sort of like amplified, I think for me, because I basically worked for the same company for 20 years. So it's not an experience that I'm kind of like used to being the new guy at, at a new company. Um, So, yeah, my first day um, was a good day, uh, a really enjoyable day. Um, I was um, meeting the new team at Leeds, in our Leeds office. So, my first day actually started with uh, a train commute. Now, I normally drive (laughs) everywhere that I go because I just don't like relying on public transport whatsoever. So. I just like the fact that I can just get in my car whenever I want and just go wherever I need to go to. But that would involve a trip on the lovely M62, which I think most people uh, have a hatred for that motorway, and me especially, and especially at at rush hour as well. So yeah, the train just seemed a sensible approach. Um, And I actually really like it. I probably do like a day, yeah, I do a a day a week, sort of like in the Leeds office. And I, I actually really enjoy that commute because I can just get on the train, Thankfully, there hasn't actually been a single delay. It's always run like clockwork at the moment, going to and going from, um, which is always nice. But yeah, it's actually allowed me time to do something that I've always liked the idea of doing, but for whatever reason, I just never dedicate time to it because either there's something on TV or (laughs) there's a football match that I can watch or or whatever. There's always something where I can just think, yeah, I don't have to do that. And that's, it's basically (laughs) reading a book. So I've always liked the idea of doing it. And, you know, Christmas presents, birthday presents, (laughs) I'll buy series of books but and I'll read probably like three or four pages of them and then I'll never look at them again (laughs) so yeah Sophie my partner's always forever saying (laughs) you know what's the point in buying new books because you never ever read them so yeah yeah I'm actually enjoying my hour sort of like on the train I can just switch off and I can just read a good book so yeah at the moment I'm reading Shoe Dog uh, by Phil Knight (laughs) so it's basically um the story of Nike So one of the biggest brands in the world. So yeah, yeah, it's actually really interesting sort of like where that was born from and how it came about to Mm. become one of the biggest brands in the world. So yeah, it's a good read. I recommend it.
0: Yeah, I might have to check that out. But on your next journey, you can listen to yourself on a podcast.
2: Well, (laughs) but yeah. And then I suppose arriving at the Leeds office, uh, it was quite nice because the whole team were in uh, on that Mm. particular day uh, because it coincided with uh, a project team meeting. So it was actually, I was kind of nervous at the fact that joining a new company, Mm. what was that onboarding process going to look like? Um, Obviously there's a lot of remote working. I was going to be based from home given the fact that I live in Greater Manchester. Um, So how would that work? And it gives kind of, I suppose, a new angle and an added challenge to the fact of how do you build relationships Mm. with, you know, other members of the team if you're not sort of like sat in a room with them? Um, So yeah, I was kind of, semi-conscious of that I suppose so yeah the first day was great because it just gave me the opportunity to meet the team sort of like face to face and not even just the project team also the wider team there was a few people from marketing uh, Hannah from HR was in There was a few uh, different people that were in so yeah it was really nice and I suppose the good thing is is that everybody was so welcoming and Mm -hmm. that's been right the way through as I've sort of like met people sort of like along the way and really really supportive.
0: That's good how has the onboarding process been for you?
2: Yeah, it's been good. As I said, I was nervous about it because I was, or apprehensive, should I say, because mm. how is that done when you're not together and you're not working with your team? But I like the fact that it's just been so it's so varied. Yeah. Um, so there's a good mix of like one to one and group training um, on a variety of different topics with different people. Um, the group training has been interesting because there's kind of like a program that includes like other other new starters not necessarily from projects either so there's been new starters from the development team or there's new starters from customer success or from the support team and that's actually been really nice because everybody looks at radar or works with radar in a different way so the way that we train and the way that we learn about it we all touch it in different ways and means and we'll all support customers in different ways Mm -hmm. so it's actually been quite nice to there's been questions that have been raised on there that i would never think about because i'd maybe never used the product in that way. Yeah. Um, and it's a good way, obviously, to meet other people of the team. So I'm quite surprised, obviously. There's a couple of people that were on there, one of which lives like 10 minutes down the road from me. Oh,
0: really?
2: Um, <laughs> which, yeah, small world and all that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's been really nice. So that's been nice, the fact that it's been so varied um, and the fact that I've had an opportunity to sort of like sit down with my line manager um, and go through sort of like objectives mm-hmm. for like the next six months. Because I really like that just because we can agree you know, what am I aiming for, what are the goals here and how am I going to be measured in terms of, you know, performance and success with the company. Um, So, yeah, it's good to sort of like get that set out from the outset, really.
0: Mm. That's good. I'm sure Chloe would like to hear that. (laughs) Um, So, obviously, going back to your experience with um, Four Seasons, so what do you think that you can provide to other organisations or what's like a piece of advice that you would give to them when they're thinking about a big implementation like this?
2: Yeah, so I have thought about this question quite a lot. I'll be honest, um, and it's quite varied. I think maybe my answer. I suppose it all depends on. It depends on the particular business. Mm. It depends on where they are. It depends on what their current processes are right now. Whether they've got, have they got systems already? Are they just using paper or Excel or um, how how nurtured are they? I suppose in the systems that they're using, and I think you've got to kind of. Maybe take a step back and not just look at a, a short-term problem that you might have at that time that you're trying to fix, but actually take a step back and look at like the overall picture and try and get a full understanding of what is it that you're actually trying to achieve
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and what are the o- overall goals. So you know what is your digital strategy? What are you What are you working towards? Not yeah. I've got this problem and I need to fix it, so I'll buy this system to do that. Um, so yeah, it's. Yeah, it's putting your head above water really, and sort of like looking what's out there, and just making sure that you're addressing that and you're forward thinking, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's it, it's, and as I said, there's no there's no one size fits all to that question. It's mm. it just depends on where where you are at that time and what it is that you're looking to do, and making sure that yeah, whatever system it is that you're looking at, is it going to be scalable to your requirements? Uh, Are the team behind it going to be able to support you? And does it fit in with that sort of like overall strategy or is it just fixing a short-term problem? Mm. Um, It's not an an easy thing to sort of like do, but I think it's something that's vital uh, to the whole process overall.
0: And are there any challenges that you faced in particular when you were working on that side that you think people should think about?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the particular challenge that I had with Radar was the fact that it was three systems that we were kind of like nurturing Mm -hmm. into one.
1: Um,
2: So that was our particular challenge. Um, We had systems that are kind of like already been, they were well mature sort of like in the business, but they didn't do exactly what we wanted to do. Hence the reason for the change. Um, And yeah, I suppose we addressed that by, we knew from the outset what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, We knew the direction of travel that we wanted. We knew that we... We didn't want an organization that would just basically provide you with a piece of software and then anything that we try and do in the future, we're going to be hit with charges for um, or the speed in which they react to the things that we need to do wasn't going to be there. We we kind of like wanted that partnership working to, I suppose, make sure that they're, to a certain degree, an extension of our business. So, yeah, I, I think that was like the particular challenge that I've experienced Um but yeah, no doubt there's there's sort of like several more out there mm. uh, for sure. But it all it purely depends on where that current company is and what the current state of play is, I suppose, that they're trying yeah. to fix.
0: So when you talk about like the partnership approach that you wanted, how did you find that with Radar Healthcare?
2: Yeah, really good from, from the very start. Everything that we were kind of like told through the sort of like demoing and tendering process came to fruition, really, which you know, it was really encouraging up to the point where I obviously left the organization. Um, we, it was quite stressful, I suppose, that the initial things that we had to do, because there was timescales to everything that we were doing. We had we had licenses for systems that were ending mm. very, very quickly. Um, there was big processes that we needed to get into radar. And if anything, it kind of, the good thing about it was that it gave, gave us sort of like a clear pathway in terms of what we had to do in the system and when. So there was a particular piece, a particular event that we needed to build sort of like very quickly. Um, Turns out, I think to this day, it's still the biggest event that's ever been built in radar. Don't know (laughs) whether that's quite right, probably have to check it, but certainly at the time and certainly up to last year, it was the biggest. I don't know whether it's been replaced since, but yeah, it was a very big event and very complex. Um, But, you know, even just through that, um, as you say, Sarah was our project manager um the amount of time Sarah and I spoke over those sort of like two months in getting everything doing we basically pretty much became best friends I think um (laughs) because we spoke like every day Um, and you know there was other members of the team the project team that I know kind of like worked on that particular part of the project as well so straight away I knew that the partnership working was there straight away everybody knew what we needed to do they knew what we Mm -hmm. needed to deliver uh, and we did it. And again, it's sort of like going back to the last question, I think that's important as well, you know, to make sure that partnership working is successful, both sides of that party, they need to know what, what the goals are, what the challenges are, and you know, where we ultimately need to get to. Um, so it's about being open and honest, I suppose. Um, and yeah, right throughout, we, we've had that with Radar.
0: Yeah, it's really good that you say that. Um, we, when I talk to customers for case study calls or um, in the podcast, actually, we had Milton Keynes on a podcast a few weeks ago, um, and he, Paul, you as the risk manager um, there, he said that because they they had to change systems and move to the new LFPSE service all in one go, and he said if I look back, I probably wouldn't have done it in one go. However, the partnership approach has helped us through this. Um and it's I think I think it might have been you that said it when we were talking to you about your case today, and um <laughs> said that you've not seen this in a supplier before. Um so why do you think this is so rare? Obviously you can it's up to you what you say.
2: It's the million dollar question, isn't it? I, I, I honestly don't know. I think you I think what radar do really well is they focus on the customer. Mm-hmm. The customer is the most important thing. Um so you know, the the way that they've kind of like structured the business in the background, the fact that you're assigned a project manager at the start, the fact that you're assigned a customer success manager, there's obviously the customer support team that kind of like underpin all of that as well. So there's a number of different layers to the support that you've got. There's an escalation path that you can go through. And everybody's kind of like a part of that process from the Mm -hmm. very beginning. So it's not like you have somebody, which is what I've seen in the past, you have somebody that's kind of working with you. And then you get to a point where they've kind of like finished your bit of the work and maybe you're, you're now just an in-life customer and you just need your, you know, your hand-holding sort of like through the process and you just need to be looked after and you get passed on to somebody else, but maybe they don't know like the history yeah. of you as a customer and what you've gone through mm-hmm. and the complex work that maybe you've gone through, particularly what we've done with Radar. So that's where things can kind of maybe be a little bit unraveled.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah, I think from what I've seen from Radar, and I, I, I have no idea why it's so unique and maybe it's not unique, maybe it's just... It is out there, but Radar does do it very well. It certainly, it stood out for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've had working groups sort of like through the process. It's not all been me. I've had I had people within sort of like four seasons that were supporting me as well. Um, and everybody sort of like said the same thing. So this isn't me sort of like sat here saying this because I'm now working for Radar <laughs> and I want to make him sound good. It's It was right, right throughout the business. And I suppose with that, the the sense of achievement that you get from you deliver something to what we believe we want. And then that goes out into, it goes out into the business and the sense of achievement that you get when you start hearing feedback from people that I'm really enjoying using the system. It's much better than the other system that we were using. That's obviously massively satisfying. Um, And there are things that we didn't get right because you will never get everything right in one go. Um, But I also think that's like really important in a project as well that you can have a bit of a, a you said we did type thing because at the end of the day, the way we tried to push it in four seasons was that this is this is their system. So it's not radar system, it's, it's their system mm-hmm. and they need to kind of like own it as a product. So if they want to do something and this isn't necessarily the people that are just sat on the project team delivering it, it also goes down to the people that are, you know, the operators, the people that are going to be using it, you know, every day because mm-hmm. it's more important that they get, a good user experience and that they enjoy using the system if they don't enjoy using it they're not going to use it mm. and obviously they have to use it because it's part of their system <laughs> but they won't they'll probably put in the very the very least mm. to do what they need to do to do their job so if you can give them a good user experience that then I suppose a byproduct of that is that you get good data that kind of comes out of there and you get then you get good insights and you get better outcomes then for you know the residents patients service users that are actually using that system
0: does it make you feel proud when people give you the good feedback and you? Hundred percent.
2: I mean, yeah. what can be more satisfying than that? If you've worked yeah. on something and you get good feedback, there's no better yeah. feeling. Uh, there really isn't. And as I said, doing that for one company, um, and obviously doing it with Radar and, and doing it with sort of like other products and stuff like that, um, the opportunity to sort of like come to Radar gave me the opportunity to do that on a wider scale Mm. you know I've seen firsthand the impact that it can have you know I've been out into care homes I've rolled software out sort of like over the years um and you know when you can go out there and you know they're saying oh you're the one that did radar or Mm -hmm. you're the one that project managed it or whatever and you you just get that direct feedback it's Yeah. yeah it's satisfying massively satisfying so yeah it's one of the main reasons I suppose that I moved over here it I can broaden my horizons and maybe look at the whole spectrum of health and social care um, and yeah, just have a bigger impact hopefully across the industry mm. um, with a product that I like that I know that can make a difference.
0: Yeah. When like moving here, obviously after seeing and, and having the impact that you have made, has anything made you think differently or do you still feel the same way?
2: Um, no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say differently. Obviously I'm still very early in my journey. Um, but from what I've seen so far, um, I you know every day is sort of like varied. I'm speaking to different customers. Uh, I'm finding things out about the system that I didn't know before, which is great. So I'm constantly learning as well I, because there's areas of the system that I didn't have the opportunity to use with Four Seasons because as I say, every customer is different and they might not use all modules within the system. So just the fact that I can learn sort of like different areas of the system is great for me. Uh, because I'm learning as well and then hopefully my knowledge then I can obviously pass on to sort of like onboarding new customers
0: yeah it's it's a really nice obviously a really passionate um, sector to work in and when you do speak to people everyone has so much passion at the end of the day it's not an easy place to work at all Um, so you don't go into this kind of role thinking I'm going to do it because it's easy you want to help people why do you think that it's such an amazing sector to work in?
2: yeah I've I've had conversations about this topic with so many different people. Yeah. Probably more so over the last like couple of years because of like the impact of COVID across the industry and stuff like that. Um and actually last year, you'll know, I was I was a guest of Radar as an employee of four seasons mm. at the care show. Yeah. Um and I actually did a talk for you then as well.
1: You
2: we did. <laughs> um but yeah, whilst I was there, there was um there was a talk which had a number of sort of like senior figures from various uh, different, all care home operators. Um, and they were basically talking about, you know, the strains and the issues that are kind of like going on in health and social care at the moment. And one particular ce- senior figure, he said something that like completely resonated with me, which was the people that are working like every day in these care homes, going in every day, delivering care, these incredible people they don't do it as a job, Mm -hmm. they do it as a vocation. And I just think that is like, you couldn't put it in a better way. There's, you know, through COVID, you know, many industries were sort of like impacted because of COVID. And, you know, some of the things that you touched on was the fact that, you know, Tesco or Amazon, you know, they were offering, you know, a thousand pound, like joining bonus and things like that for, you know, minimum wage people Mm -hmm. and, but people chose, they chose to stay in care. Yeah. and they chose to stay there because they're kind of they're like morally invested in what mm-hmm. they do they 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 want to give care they they're yeah it's hard to yeah. sort of like explain but they they care for the residents that they're looking after and the lens that like some of these people have gone you know that have gone to yeah. covid obviously ripped through um care homes up and down the country and you know the stories that i was hearing you know in four seasons and no doubt it was happening sort of like all over the country you know there was units that were just. It was a COVID unit because all the residents on there had COVID, and there was there was care workers that were basically prepared to just be based on that unit. They would be completely isolated from like the rest of the home. They would stay there in the spare bedroom so they wouldn't go home. And I just think, you know, that's an incredible thing to do. You're yeah. basically sacrificing yourself for, you know, the benefit of others essentially, mm-hmm. um, and they'll get a huge sense of satisfaction from that. But obviously that can't be taken for granted. Um, It's kind of going above and beyond sort of like what they're expected to do as a caregiver. Um, But yeah, I think you become, I think once this sector has you,
1: Mm.
2: it has you, it certainly has me. I've been here for 20 years and I can't honestly see myself working in another sector because I just feel so involved with it. And I just know there's so much that can be done um, and there's so much opportunity. So yeah, I think... Yeah, it is just mm. that you you kind of become a part of it, and it becomes a little bit. You, you just want it every day. Mm. You want to keep going back to it, and you want to keep doing it.
0: No, there's a BBC um, like sort of film. I think it's a short film called Help. Have you seen it?
2: I haven't actually. No.
0: No. So it's got Jodie Comer in from Killing Eve. Oh, okay. Um, and she. It's all about the pandemic and um, a care home in Liverpool. Um, and obviously, you don't really understand it when you see it in the news you empathise and you think god that must be awful you don't really understand the issues and and the stress that people are going through this film documents that situation so well and I was in tears watching it Mm. because I was like God, i work in this and i speak to these people and i still didn't understand and i think it, she ended up on her own because all of the staff got COVID as well and yep. she was like running around looking after all these different residents who were really really quite poorly and they she tried to get through to so one one didn't answer when they did answer she was on hold for ages she tried to ring an ambulance no one was coming she had to lift this quite large man and like turn him around to make him feel more comfortable and she ended up running away with one of the residents um to get him out of the, the care home because she was that stressed. Obviously, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. Um, <laughs> but it just—I don't know—it's just so emotional, and I just thought, God, like, I'm so proud to work in what I do because I can actually help these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I could tell different. that that touched you just from you even talking about yeah, it. Then, yeah,
0: yeah, just really. It sad. does.
2: Like when you obviously you hear about it, but maybe you don't have an appreciation of it. But when yeah, you see it, yeah, definitely. And when you're in a home and you actually experience it, yeah. it is. It's. It's incredible like, what they're what they're doing each and every day. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes my job's like really difficult, like I can't <laughs> do this, I'm so stressed. And then you go into a care and just think, yeah. what am I moaning about, really?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it puts things into perspective really, doesn't yeah. it? Um, but obviously in the care sector, there's a huge recruitment crisis at the moment. Um, and we're talking about how proud people feel, but actually people are nervous because they see how hard it is. What would you say to those people that want to or do care but are nervous to take that step into the care, the sec- well, the whole sector?
2: Just do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, obviously, I've not, um, in terms of like delivering care in a care home, that's obviously clearly not what I've done. Um, but if people are, yeah, wanting to get into the sector and that particular area is of interest and they uh, they feel they can have an impact and, you know, they want to, they want to be involved, then yeah, I think the care industry would welcome mm. anybody at this moment in time. Cause like you say, there is a, a recruitment crisis. Um, and yeah, there's a huge sort of like shortage in, in all areas, I think, you mm-hmm. know, all different sort of like parts to what makes up a care home. So yeah, just give it a try. And mm. once you give it a try, you'll never get out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing though. <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely, definitely.
0: So going back to your, your role, why do you think a project manager is important?
2: Um, so for Radar specifically, uh, I think it makes sure that the customer understands first and foremost understands the product, um, and makes sure that the customer essentially achieves everything that they want to achieve with the product. Mm -hmm. So a project manager has obviously got that knowledge and understanding of what the product is capable of. and there's no kind of like, this is how radar works. And that's the end of it. It's understanding sort of like from the customer side, what are you trying to do? What are your processes? How do you work right now? In an ideal world, if you, if you take the system element out of it, and this is what, the way I tended to approach it in four seasons, I was like, strip away everything else. Don't think about, well, this is radar, or this is this system, or this is that system. And trying to work in the, in the constraints of what the system can do if you could do anything mm-hmm. what would you do how would you do it and then work back from there there'll be things that the system can't do but there might be ways around it but i think the important thing is don't try and think about what you're trying to do with the constraints of the system think about in an ideal world if you could do whatever you wanted mm-hmm. uh with any system what would you do and then work back from there and Yeah, that's what I did many a time with Four Seasons Um, and it seemed to work. And I think it's also valuable to understand, you know, what is it you're actually trying to get out of it? So what is the outcome? What is the Mm. data that you're trying to get out? What are you trying to analyse? What are the insights that you're trying to gain? And also work back from there. So sometimes people start at the beginning and they just think about the processes and the questions that they're going to ask. And then they get to the end and they've captured all of this data. Mm. And then you ask them, right, so what are we going to do with this data? Oh, well, I won't use that. I I don't (laughs) need that. I don't need that. And it's like, well... Why have we asked it? Yeah. So it's about sometimes thinking upside down, really, and thinking from the end, and then yeah. working back from there. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, Mark Harrison's one of our customer success managers. I'm sure you've met him. He's he did a podcast um, a few weeks ago, and he talked about how it like when people ask for things, he always has to apologise because he just goes, "Why, why, why? <laughs> but what's the outcome? What's the outcome? And it's about Forget everything else. Like, don't just buy a piece of software because you have to buy a piece of software. Think about the outcome and then go, right, okay, how are we going to do it? And the fact that you've said the same thing, you
1: know, it's just...
2: Yeah, I think that that definitely is it because there's so many wins to that if you do it Mm. that way. You, You get the data that you want and you're not collecting anything that you don't need. Because of that, you improve the end user experience because they're not filling out forms all day for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. They could be filling out forms, capturing data that nobody's ever gonna use. So what's the point? It's a waste of their time. Mm -hmm. If you can condense that, and I don't know, go from asking them 50 questions to asking them 25, Mm -hmm. um, but those 25 are the key things that you need to know about that service uh, on that particular topic. And then the time that they save, you know, if they have the frequency that they have to do that, whether they have to do it weekly or monthly or quarterly, whatever, if you add all of the things up of all the things that you would do, the time that you would save, that time could be spent delivering care mm-hmm. to residents and that's the most important thing so yeah. they shouldn't be sat there behind a computer or behind an iPad basically filling in forms all day mm-hmm. the idea is is that that's uh, i suppose evidences and allows them to capture the data that the the care that they're delivering and then from that they can analyze that and identify risks and opportunities to improve the service that they're giving so it's not supposed to hamper them it's supposed mm-hmm. to improve things and and make things better
0: yeah Makes sense. So what are you most excited about um, in the future at Radar Healthcare?
2: Most excited about? Um, it's probably a little bit of a repeat of what I've said earlier, but it is working with all of the different customers. Mm. So just having the opportunity to yeah, help lots more people than I have been before. Obviously, um, helping Four Seasons and doing everything that we've done there, just doing that on a wider scale and across a broader spectrum of health and social care so not just care homes obviously there's dentistries there's ambulance services there's nhs trusts there's all sorts of different areas there's yeah and i'm just really looking forward to getting my teeth stuck in really and yeah helping as many people as possible
0: yeah so you can't use the same answer to (laughs) (laughs) summarize what um is your favorite part about working for radar Healthcare so far
2: um, favorite part, and I can't use the previous answer. <laughs> um, I'll say the culture. Okay. Because I think the culture here is really good. Um, I think you can have the, the culture is really important because you can have you can have an amazing product. You can have an amazing product that does amazing things that does everything that you want it to do. But if you've not got the team behind it to so kind of like back mm. that up and shore it up, then. You essentially, your product isn't as good as what it, yeah, yeah. as what it was. So, uh, I think the the culture in this business is great. Everybody's so supportive. Um, I've been welcomed by all areas of the business, whether it's you know marketing yourself, people in development. Um, I think we just do things in the right way. We make sure that the talent sort of like within the business like works for each other and looks after each other, yeah. uh, and everybody helps each other. Which is definitely the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. Um So, having been on the other side of the fence and now being on this side, it's it's nice that the experience that I had probably from speaking to a, a small subset of people within Radar has now been. I can just see it sort of like throughout the business, all over.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. my favourite part.
0: That's really nice to hear. Um, so <laughs> now's the tricky question. So, this is our <laughs> what the hell tech moment. So, for our listeners, what this means is um a weird and wonderful situation that's kind of happened to you in the health and social care world you can't think of anything weird and wonderful just something that's impacted your life something that's stood out but ideally just something funny and weird and wonderful
2: yeah so I have to be honest here so I've I've had the opportunity to do a little bit of research because I've obviously watched all of the other podcasts yeah. and I know that you asked that question to every guest that you have on so I've had the opportunity to think long and hard about what I could talk about and there's always that There's always one memory that sort of like sticks out from my time uh, with Four Seasons, um, which I think is, yeah. I mean, for me, it was like, wow, what a moment. Um, So yeah. So at the time, this was probably like four, maybe five years ago. Um, So I was working for um, Brighter Kind, which is essentially Mm. one of the three brands within Four Seasons. So there's three brands in there. Uh, all kind of like specialized in different areas of health and social care. But at the time, I was working for Brighter Kind, um, and at the core of like everything that Brighter Kind did was its core values and its culture, um, and that was just it was embedded everywhere in terms of what they do. And one of the the sayings that was in was in Brighter Kind was "Love every day," and and that saying will be forever sort of like etched in my head because I heard <laughs> it pretty much every other day, uh, whether it was you know. Care staff, sort of like saying it to residents, residents saying it back to care staff. <laughs> so it's just nice that it's kind of like that whole yeah. positive sort of like mentality and things. Yeah. So one of the other sort of like areas of brighter kind was uh, they had like signature elements, so parts of the business that kind of I suppose were their yeah. unique selling point and then and the nice parts of the business. And one of them was called uh, creating magic moments. So and that can kind of come in, mm. you know, any shape or size or whatever, but. This particular story was about uh, a lady called Muriel uh, who was based, who was a resident uh, at a care home in Chester called, I think it was Crabwall Hall. So m- Muriel's magic moment was a wish that she had, believe it or not, to ride in a hot air balloon.
0: <laughs> okay, Now, really random.
2: <laughs> yeah, now this lady was soon to be turning 100.
0: Oh, really? Um,
2: yeah. And the kind of like wish stem back from a conversation that she'd had with an older brother years ago <laughs> who flew in a hot air balloon and it kind of must have just stuck in her memory sort of like over the years um, and she basically had a wish that that's what she wanted to do I mean mm-hmm. I don't think I'd go in a hot air balloon now you know at 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine going up there you know when you're 100 but anyway that's what she wanted oh, that yeah. was her wish yeah. um and the care home made that happen oh. um so yeah one particular morning um they uh, the home manager at the time accompanied the uh accompanied Muriel to like the location she had no idea where she was going <laughs> it was very early morning so the idea was is that she was going to go on this uh, oh. flight um for like an early morning flight yeah. where she would basically be up in the sky to see the sunrise. And that's what happened. Now that there's a, there's an article online somewhere yeah. and there's a picture that was taken where this is kind of like pre-flight Aww. and like her face is just like unbelievable. Like you've never seen somebody yeah. so happy. And it's obviously, you know, when you were talking about obviously thinking about how passionate people are about working in the sector, it's kind of like those moments, I suppose. Yeah. Um, So yeah, after that, you know, the home took it sort of like one step further. When she came back to the care home, there was a party for her um, where like family and stuff like that were there. Uh, Obviously all the other residents, all the staff and stuff, and they let off a hundred balloons for her. (laughs) So yeah, just like, you know, just a really sort of like touching, touching moment. So yeah, that kind of like always sticks in the back of my head as sort of like a, a wonderful moment that happened. And there's... There'll be many, many more of them up and down the country, not just obviously in Four Seasons and kind, but no doubt all over the Mm. country. But that's a particular one that sticks out for me.
0: It's so, it's just, I've got a tear in my eye. (laughs) It's so cute to hear stories like that. And it annoys me when you see the news and you see all these negative stories and these kind of stories just get lost. And you just like, look at the amazing things that they've just done Mm. And you're just reporting stupid stuff that it, you didn't need to report. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It's just my rant for the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it frustrates me, mm-hmm. but that's lovely. That's really lovely. I'm going to look for that article and, yeah, yeah I'll share it as well. Good. It's really nice. Yeah, but thank you so much for coming. Um, it's been really nice to talk to you today hope you've enjoyed it
1: i have actually
0: <laughs> good i'm glad um so next week we're going to hear from mark fuster chief product officer at Radar healthcare so mark is going to talk about our innovation roadmap and what's to come for the products and um, don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and if you have any questions for us our guests for craig then please email whatthehealthtech at radiohealthcare.com thank you thanks craig thank you